Hey, it's Julie Duzak, and welcome to the Corporate Yogi Podcast. How are you? Welcome to 2024. We did it. We're here. And I am excited to be back in action with the podcast, especially for this special episode to kick off the new year and talk about goals. Now, for you regular listeners, you know that I had to press pause in the podcast for a little while to uh, be on maternity leave, and there were a number of personal things that really took my time and attention. So I'm happy to report that we now have a whole wealth of new content coming down the pike this year, and everything on a personal note is going well. My daughter is almost two. She has transitioned into daycare this year, and we're ramping up and slowly getting back to work. So but I have to confess, I've really missed doing this podcast because this is, for me, this is my thought leadership, right? This is my, I've been thinking about a lot, this is my outlet for creativity where I get to curate all the great information, the conscious conversations that I have with clients, the great stories that they bring to the table, their struggles. And what I get to do is curate all of that information into an episode that is going to benefit the rest of you. And you're going to have practical tools that you can take away. You're going to learn from the experiences and, you know, the good, the bad, the happy, the sad, the dumpster fires that other leaders are going through. And I just find it such a beneficial way of sharing data and sharing information out with everyone else. So we're going to dive right in. I'm not going to go through too many details about backstory. I have some, you know, updates about my personal life coming in one of the future segments. And so I will go through that information then and give you a little bit of an update over what's been happening over the last year. But why don't we just dive right in to talk about goal setting today because as you know this is one of my favorite topics and most of you either fall into one of two camps. You're either a firm believer of goal setting like me and you know that it benefits you. You drink the Kool-Aid so to speak and you don't need any convincing at all about why goal setting is important. But then there are those of you in the other camp And you might be somewhat skeptical about why. Why should you invest the time to do all of this work into setting goals when you're not really sure how this is going to add value to your life, right? So if you're a member of Camp Kool-Aid like me, and you know that goal setting is beneficial, you've probably even downloaded my 2024 goal setting program. It's live and it can be downloaded either on my Instagram or on my website, And it has all the great features from before. But this year, what I did is I added in something new that is going to take your goal setting to the next level. And I'll share what that is in the very last segment. It's sort of a bonus feature that I've added to the program this year that I'm really excited about. Now, for those of you who are skeptics, I'm going to share some details with you in this episode that are going to inspire you and probably convince you to start to want a goal set, even if you've never ever done it before, or you've never convinced yourself that it's important, um, you're going to find out why this is such a critical game changer to set goals. 
So here's a little sneak peek at what you're going to learn today. First, in the first segment, we're going to talk about the biggest mistakes that people make when they set goals. In the second segment, I will explain exactly why it's so important to set goals if you want to live a happy and fulfilled life. In the third segment, I'm going to share a somewhat vulnerable perspective on my number one goal for 2024 and give you an update on what's going on in my life, in my world. And then in the last segment, I'm going to explain the how of goal setting. I'll walk you through the program, what makes it unique, and why it's designed to deliver big results. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive in and talk about goal setting. All right, as promised, I want to share with you the biggest mistakes that people make when they set goals. Now, I see these mistakes all the time, and I wanted to start off with the mistakes because I want to make sure that you avoid them. Mistake number one, they set too many goals. They take kind of a more is better approach and bite off more than they can chew. And so they take on too many things and they avoid what really matters. I like to think of the analogy of watering plants. If you only have one dedicated watering can, you have a finite amount of water. Do you really want to take that watering can and split it across a hundred different plants? Because if you do this, none of them are going to really thrive and none of them are going to get the time and the attention that they really deserve to make it. So a better approach is to be more selective and just pick the five plants that you want to water kind of like we pick five goals. This way, you will ensure that it gets enough water, they get enough love and the right attention. And when it comes to goals, there's really not a more is better approach. That's just flawed thinking. Focus and alignment are really key here. You need to pick things that are going to make you feel fulfilled. So that is mistake number one. The most common one that I see is people set too many goals. Mistake number two is setting should goals or OPGs, what I call other people's goals. Now this one might land for any of you who are people pleasers and love dedicating your life to the happiness of others. It's a guarantee recipe for misery though. So an example of a common should goal is, you know, I really should try to lose 10 pounds this year. Now don't get me wrong, I value health. I value the importance of being healthy and moving your body. And if your goal feels like an obligation, though, and it doesn't bring you joy, you won't be inspired to achieve it. So an easy way to spot a should goal is that it often becomes a recycled goal, which means that it shows up on your list year after year after year, just like those same 10 pounds that you try to lose every year, year after year after year. And trust me, with each year that passes, It doesn't get any more exciting as a goal when it shows up. So the OPG is a different type of obligation. It's where we have this obligation to make other people happy, like your mother or your mother-in-law or society or about people that you went to high school with. It's about comparing ourselves to others and thinking that we need to be doing something that will bring us happiness. So that is mistake number two that I see very commonly is setting should goals or OPGs. 
Mistake number three is picking goals that are better served as habits than goals. So you have a unique opportunity here to set three to five goals that will really move the dial in life. You don't have to waste those goals on low-level things. So an example here might be reading more or starting a meditation practice or getting each out each day to go on a walk or start a morning routine. Now, these are all fantastic things that I fully support, but I think of them more as setting up habits that are non-negotiable than I think of them as actually being goals. Goals, for me, should be things that leave you a little bit breathless. You know, when you think of them and say them out loud, there should be that little bit of a, you know, feeling in your stomach when you say it out loud. They should excite you. There should be a little bit of an adrenaline running as you get excited and wondered, what's it going to be like to actually achieve that? You know, how is my life going to be different? What will be possible when I do accomplish it? I want you to focus on the big things, the things that will really move the dial, the big boulders, not the tiny stones. And the other reason I talk about these other items as habits, not goals, is that I want you to do them for the rest of your life, not just a short period of time. And so when we peg them as a goal, we might start a meditation habit, do it for as long as, you know, the year, but then we drop off. Whereas if you make it more of a habit, then it becomes a permanent part of your lifestyle. So that is mistake number three, is setting goals that are actually probably better served as being habits in your life. Mistake number four is setting goals that don't align to your vision. Now the goals that you set should really align around your common vision of where you are heading and who you want to become in the process. This is the secret to really making sure that your goals will be fulfilling for you. Too often people lack the clarity of what they really want and it's because they don't have a vision of where they want to be. And if you don't know where you're heading and you don't know what's going to make you happy, how are you going to know if the goals that you set are going to support you and who you want to become? Your vision is your guiding North Star for what you want. And you have the choice to set goals that will either accelerate you getting there or that will take you off course. For example, if you have a passion of being a people manager and building out a team and you know what logical steps you can take to get there, you won't be distracted by investing time into other things that don't support that goal. Your goal should be High, kind of like having signposts of achieving your vision for where you want to be in life. And this will make you feel f- more fulfilled and more happy because your vision is a culmination of your values and your purpose and your why. And when you stick with those things, you are unstoppable. So mistake number four is setting goals that don't align with your vision. And now last but not least, mistake number five is setting goals without reflecting first. Now this is perhaps the biggest mistake that people make when they sit down to set goals for the new year. They don't take time to reflect on their previous goals to see what they actually accomplished first. How will you ever master the process of setting goals if you don't measure your goals, right? You can't have goals without accountability. Did you meet your goals last year? Did you set the right goals? Do you need to do something different this year? How will you ever know? 
it's more than just reflecting on last year's goals too. It's about reflecting in general. And I'll let you in on a little secret. Reflection is a superpower. It is. It really, really is. Reflection is a superpower. And not just for tracking your results, but for appreciating all that you accomplished. Because you are building integrity with yourself as you grow and you learn. It's all part of the process. We can reflect on your core values and your life purpose statement and on your vision and where you are heading. And these are all valuable things for you to know. Sometimes these things change over time. I know for me, becoming a mom caused me to change so many different things in my life and reprioritize. So I no longer work 12-hour days. I work six hours a day. And I use my time wisely. It's a choice now. I have to really delegate and prioritize profusely. Now, I could have my daughter in daycare for longer hours, but because family is one of my core values right now, I choose the shorter days, the more flexible days, and I love being able to have time with her a couple hours in the morning and a couple hours in the evening to wind down. So reflection helped me to understand that that was a priority in my life and to align things to live up to that. Okay, so let's recap those top five mistakes that people make when they set goals. Mistake number one, they set too many goals. Mistake number two, they set should goals or OPGs. Mistake number three, they pick goals that are better served as habits. Mistake number four, they set goals that don't align with their vision. And last but not least, as we close out this segment Setting goals without reflecting first. That is mistake number five. Okay, so now you know exactly what mistakes to avoid when setting goals. Let's talk a little bit about why we want to invest time in this annual goal setting process. Why is it important to set goals? Well, the main reason is that we want to set goals to feel fulfilled and proud about who we are. So often I hear people complain about, you know, the daily grind. They feel as though they start each day, they wake up, and every day is just a carbon copy of the previous day. They wake up, they go to work, they battle the dumpster fires, they come home, they have dinner, and then they numb out on Netflix or whatever series they're watching. And I'd have to agree, that's not a very inspirational life to me either. As humans, We are meant to learn. We are meant to grow and evolve. We're meant to become better versions of ourselves every day that goes by. And we feel alive when we're pushed out of our comfort zone, right? When we're learning, when we're growing. Why? Because when we grow the most is when we feel the most alive. So having goals forces you to grow. It forces you to get clear on what you really want out of life and what you want to impact others with. That's what fulfillment truly is. So I like to say that we set goals not simply for progress, but we set goals for who we become in the process of accomplishing the goals. So Oprah has a really great way of framing this. She says that people get to where they want to go because they know where they want to go. Pretty simple, right? Most people are driven by what they think they should do. 
and what they think others want them to do. The most important question to ask yourself is what do I really want? And once you can answer that question, then every choice that you make will force you in the right direction of what your vision is. And when you do that, the forces of life rise up to meet you. So the reason that most people have chaotic lives, Oprah says, is because they live in chaos in their head. And as soon as you get clear about what you want, the chaos clears up and you know where you want to go. And once you have clarity over where you want to be in life, your goals will make sure that they get you there. I like to use the GPS analogy. If you have a GPS in your car, it can help you to get to wherever you want to go. But... The GPS alone isn't enough. You have to actually plug in the address of where you want to go in order to get you there. So the address that you plug in, that's your vision. That's your North Star. It's where you want to be in life. And your goals are the signposts along the way that make sure that you get there. Did you know that only 3% of adults have clear written goals? And as a result, they accomplish up to 10 times as much as people who have never taken the time to write out exactly what they want. And according to a Harvard business study, people who write down their goals are 30 times more successful than those who don't write goals at all. Yep, you heard me right. The simple act of writing down your goals brings them to life. We are manifestors and we need to remember that the law of attraction is always working for us, whether we want it to or not. So it's important to be clear and intentional about what we're drawing in. Writing down goals helps to keep us in integrity with ourself. It keeps our goals conscious and top of mind. And all of this attention, well, it helps us to bring our vision to life. I know that for most people, they have a rough idea of what they want. And they think that it's good enough to just let these ideas swirl around in their head and eventually come true and slowly work away and chip away at them. But that's not good enough. You have to make it real by extracting these ideas from your head, getting them written down, making them clear, and putting a stake in the ground that this is a non-negotiable that is going to happen in your life. So let's recap this segment with the Oprah quote, people get to where they want to go because they know where they want to go. Okay, I want to share some details of the top goal that I set for 2024. But before I do that, I really think it's important to share a trigger warning here. um, Because I'm about to talk about something that might be upsetting to some of you. I'm going to share some details of some health challenges I had right after I had Mary. And it's about my cancer journey. And I know that this might be upsetting if you or if you have a loved one who has dealt with a chronic disease. Now, as we are on the cusp of 2024, obviously, I carved out time to set the goals for what I wanted to accomplish, because I'll never ask you to do something that I won't do myself. And the number one goal that I set was to heal all the cancer from my body. So since Mary was born, when she was about two and a half months old, I discovered a cancer tumor on my right kidney. And since then, I had to have surgery 
And I have to say, this was the scariest and the most devastating plot twist of my life. There was a lump in my stomach right under my right rib, and it was confirmed as cancer. And so I had a right nephrectomy, which means that my right kidney and the tumor that was attached to the kidney were removed. It was terrifying. It was shocking. My ego was in overdrive. There was not only the physical health challenges, but the mental health challenges of me with cancer. Are you kidding? I meditate. I do yoga. I'm a vegetarian. I don't drink. How could I get cancer? And after the surgery, I spent a lot of time reflecting on this of how I had made this somewhat negotiation in my head of dedicating my life to living healthy so that I wouldn't have to be the person that had to deal with cancer. But what I've learned since then is that humbly, no one is immune to cancer. No one is immune to life-changing, critical, chronic diseases. So after six months of trying to normalize and get back to living a life with Mary and, you know, this was a pretty scary incident that I had. I was starting to get back to normal, and then I realized that the cancer had spread. So next steps were radiation treatment, and then eventually in February of this year, of 2023, I had to have brain surgery to remove a tumor in my brain. I gotta be honest, that was pretty scary. My brain's a really important thing to me. It's, it's what I do, it fuels my thinking, my coaching, my wittiness, my edge, my creativity. And, you know, to have that prospect of someone taking a knife and cutting into my brain, like that was really freaking scary. So since then, uh, treatment has looked like different drug therapies. I have tried immunotherapy. I've tried some natural treatments like vitamin C high dose therapy, um, also mistletoe, lots of different supplements, lots of diet and um, food approaches, and lots of metaphysical work to clear the trauma, to clear old patterns. You know, Louise Hay would be proud. Uh, My typical A-type tendencies really dove into action with this disease to try to control things, to do the research. If I worked hard enough, if I was smart enough, if I approached it in the most strategic way and brought in the biggest and the best and worked the hardest and fought the hardest, then I would get through it. But that's not really the lesson that I am here to learn. The biggest lesson that I've learned so far is equanimity because resistance only brings more pain. So in most cases, our suffering actually doesn't come from what it is that we are going through. Our suffering comes from our resistance to accept what we are going through. And that, my friends, has been the biggest lesson that I've been faced with. So I'm sure in the future I will share more details. But for now, I wanted to be authentic and get you up to speed with where I was, with what I'm dealing with. My imposter syndrome was telling me that I couldn't really return to work and to the podcast until I had this disease wrapped up in a nice little perfect hero's journey with a happy ending and a great story 
but that's just not something that I can control right now. It's not something that I can offer to you. I don't have a happy ending yet. And I can't control how long it's going to take for me to get through this journey. And I also know that other people receive a lot of value when we share our messy middle. Even though our ego tells us they only want the good stories, they want the happy endings, what they really need is more than our perceived perfection. So I say F you to perfection. I say F you to predictability because, you know, that never made anyone more interesting. This journey is my messy bag lady coming to fruition, coming to life. And that probably doesn't have any meaning to you. So let me just pause here and tell a little story to give you some context. So when I was doing my coach training, this was going back 12 12 plus years ago, there is an exercise that we do in the coach training. And if any of you have been on retreat or have done an offsite or a team led training with me, you've probably done this one exercise that is, I gotta be honest, my favorite exercise. I call it the leadership archetype exercise. And what we do is we always ask for a volunteer and someone to sit in the hot seat, hot seat to go first. And so we put, let's say, Sean in the hot seat. And what we all get the opportunity is to create some good acknowledgments around what do we appreciate about Sean? Well, you know, Sean, you are so organized. You can always be that person that I rely on to get things done. Sean, you are always so creative with your ideas. Sean, I can count on you to be the truth teller in any situation. Sean, I can count on you to be positive no matter what is going on within the team or within the company. And so we take time to each go around and acknowledge what we appreciate about Sean. Now that alone in itself would be enough of an exercise or a tool. So that's a resource, full stop, you can use that right on its own. But what we do is we take it up a notch, which means we go to that next level of what we want from Sean. So we say, Sean, what I want from you more is for you to take more risks. What I want more from you is for you to speak up more. What I want for you is to brag more about how great you are. What I want for you is to have a louder voice and not be so apologetic all the time. And we follow through and give everyone the opportunity to talk to Sean about what they want more of from him. So this is an opportunity to really talk about expanding your range. We sometimes call it um, shadow leadership or the parts of yourself that haven't been awoken yet. They're in there, they're inside you, but you just haven't accessed them yet or you haven't been called forth yet or you know they're in there, but it feels too scary to use them yet. And why it's important is we are a stronger, more powerful leader when we can access all parts of ourselves. And so what we do next in this exercise is we go around and we say, okay, well, what I really think a great archetype for you to step into would be, you know, the motivational speaker or the drill sergeant or the hippie or the flower child. And so we take an archetype that represents this untapped quality or aspect of ourselves and We give them a sticker, we give them that communal Sharpie, and we have them write down that label and put it on themselves and wear it for the afternoon. 
And then at the end of the day, we or the end of the exercise, we go around and have everyone introduce themselves from this new archetype. It's very powerful. And the first time we went through this exercise, I was given the archetype of the dominatrix, which is really embarrassing to say out loud. But at that time, I was a less, there was no tough love, Julie. I was a less confident person, a less confident version of myself. And so the dominatrix was about unleashing this powerful part of me that was going to be able to guide my coaching clients to the conversations and through the fire of what they needed to have. And so that was the first time I did the exercise. I got the label of the dominatrix. Now, the second time when I assisted a course years later, I obviously had lived into the dominatrix because those types of things didn't come up. People didn't want me to be more uh, confident or aggressive or outspoken in how I interacted with people. Do you know what they wanted? Do you know the nerve of what these people asked me to be? They asked me to be a messy bag lady because what they said was, that I was so put together all the time, so buttoned up, and my outfits were put together, and my hair was always in perfect place, and I never let anybody see this icky, vulnerable, messy part of myself. And as I lay in bed the other day, I was thinking exactly of this archetype of the messy bag lady. And I was thinking, isn't that exactly what this disease is here to teach me right now. It's teaching me that I don't get to be the coach that has all the answers, that is the inspirational, put-together person that everyone gets to look up to all the time. I get to be the messy bag lady. I get to not have all the answers. I get to have bad days. And I feel like this is exactly what my lesson is with this journey, with this disease right now is living through messy bag lady. So I want to share an enormous thank you to everyone who has listened to my journey and helped me along the way over the last year and a half to all my family and friends who have helped in countless ways with me, with Mary, um, physically, emotionally, mentally, and been so positive and supportive in all of my decisions along the way. So far as I know, there is no playbook for navigating these what I call plot twists in life. But I do have the greatest reason for driving forward, and that is my beautiful daughter, because she needs a healthy, strong mama to teach her strength and courage and positivity and love. And I've always believed that as humans, we pick our parents the people that we need on our journey. And she chose me. She chose me knowing what she signed on for and what I was going to go through. And she chose me anyways. And that means that we are stronger together and I won't let her down. So I've shared more details and, you know, perhaps too many pictures and specifics on Instagram about my journey. Um, Back in December, I posted on Uh, December 13th. So if you want to find out a little bit more about what my journey looked like, uh, there is me power posing over a radiation machine that's ginormous. And um, you can get some more details there if you want to follow me on Instagram at the corporate yogi. 
And if my story resonates with you and you feel compelled and want to talk about your experience, I would love to hear from you. I would love to know what you've been through and really bear witness to that. This disease has been hard. It's uh, scary. And it's a more important, it's a big blow to the ego. When you think that you are invested in your health, this humbles you in so many ways. And all the things that you knew to be true or thought were true about your identity are challenged physically, mentally, emotionally, metaphysically, so many aspects of my life. So this is my rocky moment. This is me running up those stairs and believing in myself like I have never believed before. This is me living equanimity. This is me not resisting the lessons that I've been given. This is me saying, yes, yes, I will go through that. Yes, I will explore that. Because I think that's the only option that we have. In this last segment, I want to talk about the how of the goal setting process. And I want to point out that I've been doing this process of goal setting with clients for over 10 years. So goal setting, it's kind of my thing. It's something I'm pretty passionate about. Now, the program that I have created is broken up into three different sections. I started uh, talking about this with the reflection piece. So there are seven pages that are dedicated to reflection, reflecting on the year, what you accomplished, what you didn't accomplish, reflecting on who you are, who you became, what you learned. And the reflection is arguably just as important or more important than the goal setting is because you can't probably set goals until you know where you've been. So we reflect on a number of different things in a number of different ways. Like, for example, you know, what sucked your soul? What do you wish you would have done differently? What are you most proud of? There's also a piece that is a personal report card. And this is where you go through a number of different aspects of your life. And you talk about how satisfied you are with each of these aspects. You know, your career, your money, your health, your fun. We reflect on your core values to see if they're still accurate going into the new year. We reflect on your life purpose. We reflect on your theme that you entered the year with. And also, you know, did you have any plot twists in your life? Then we go to the second section. That's where we actually set the goals. And this is where we do the necessary work to check in on your five-year vision. Just like I talked about with Oprah, you have to know where you want to go. Remember that GPS analogy. You can't just get in the car and randomly drive around. You have to know where you're heading. We do a goal brainstorm where we write down everything that you think you could do. Now, this is important because so often, like I talked about in the mistakes, people start with too many things that they think they need to be doing. Then based on the vision of where you want to be, you set a minimum of three and a maximum of five goals for the year. Now, this is the hard process for most people because they think more is better, but more just dilutes our attention. Then we get to section three. Now, this is the implementing section where you take time to think about the habits, the beliefs, the behaviors that are going to help you to accomplish these goals. And this is important because this is the personal growth part. This is where you get to ask yourself, who do I need to become to bring these goals to life? Or in the case of limiting beliefs, what do I need to let go of to accomplish this goal? Then we update our core values, our purpose statement, And we pick a theme 
to go into the year with. There's also a couple bonus features uh, like long-term planning where you get to put in additional notes and capture things like, you know, long-term goals, things on your bucket list, your travel wish list, uh, training and education that you want to invest in. This is essentially your long-range planning. And then that's it. That's the three-step process for goal setting, reflection, goal setting, and implementing. Now, I have five tips I'm going to leave with you now. So grab yourself a pen and write these five things down or create a note in your phone and write them down as we go. Okay, so I have five tips for you. Here we go. Tip number one, do the program outside of business hours. Now, when I promote this program, I often ask people to do this program outside of business hours. And I really mean that. This isn't something you can do on a Thursday afternoon over lunch hour or, you know, stick it into your day half an hour here, half an hour there. You need dedicated time to really make yourself a priority and focus and reflect on what you want. So that is tip number one. Do the program outside of business hours. Tip number two, shift your geography. Now, this means really simply, work somewhere that you don't normally work. Now, this can be a coffee shop. It can be a restaurant. You can go to a cabin with a fireplace and a fantastic view. You can do it at a restaurant. Wherever your resources will allow you to go, that's where I want you to head. But promise me, you will make it somewhere special that is unique to you. So that's tip number two, shift your geography. Tip number three, Go through the entire program once, then come back and finalize it. So I like to let the program marinate and go through it once and then come back to it after a week or so when things really settle in. This is especially important because when you are reading through the reflection questions, it'll often call to mind something that you did, you know, way back at the beginning of the year that you didn't even remember doing. So, I mean, we're talking about 10, 12 months ago, right? That's a really long time. And so those things might not be top of mind. So when you read through those questions, they're going to slowly start to reveal things to you that you will unlock from a long time ago. So really go through the program once and then come back and finalize it. That's tip number three. Tip number four is to create accountability. So some of you extroverts may prefer to do the goal setting in the presence of others, which is cool. That's awesome. It totally makes sense. Whatever inspires you. I like to do it on my own because I reflect best that way. But either way, if you go through the program, make sure that you have someone that knows what you are doing and is going to keep you accountable to your goals. All right. Make sure they also download the program from the website too and Remember this stat, according to the American Society of Training and Development, 65% of people completed a goal if they asked someone to hold them accountable to that goal. 65%, which is huge. So don't keep these goals secret. Share them with someone else. Even if that other person isn't setting goals, it doesn't matter. Create that accountability for yourself. So that is tip number four. Create accountability. And tip number five. Write your goals in the present tense. So instead of saying, I want to become confident and manage a new team, you say, I am confident in managing my new team. See how it sounds different? It feels different. There's a different energy to it. So tip number five, write out your goals in the present tense. 
And as I teased out in the intro, there is a whole new bonus feature of the goal setting program this year, which I'm pretty excited about. It is a monthly reflection workbook. Now, I decided to create this as a separate document this year because a lot of times people set the goals for the year and then they sit on them and they just hope that randomly they'll be accomplished by the end of the year. And as I said earlier, reflection is a superpower. It really is. So taking time each month to check back in is invaluable. And once a quarter, you can track and measure your progress on your goals and then recalibrate as needed. So all of these reflection tools are available in a separate PDF document called a monthly reflection workbook. And when you go in and download the goal setting program, you'll also get access to this PDF as well. So there isn't two separate places or things that you need to download. You'll get it all in one simple place. So that's an overview of the program. There's three different sections. There are five tips that I've just given you to help you be more successful. And I've also told you about the new feature that's included in the program this year that I think you're really, really going to love. So if you want to access this free program, you've got a few options. You can either head to my website, you can go to thecorporateyogi.com, go to the resources page, and you can download it from there. If you subscribe to my newsletter, you'll get an opportunity to download the link from the newsletter. Or if you follow me on Instagram or even LinkedIn, you can get a link from my bio to access the program from there. Okay, and it's time to start wrapping up this episode on setting goals for 2024. I am so glad to be back and I'm excited to be kicking off this new year with this episode and I'm excited to share it with you. I'm also happy that we took the time to talk about my health journey and some of my challenges. I knew I was going to talk about that today. I didn't know how it was going to go or what it was going to feel like. I will confess that I definitely have a growth hangover right now and probably will for the next couple days. You know what a growth hangover is, right? When we spend a disproportionate or intense amount of time outside of our comfort zone and that's exactly what I'm experiencing right now. The whole rally of saboteurs that have showed up to help me publish this episode today have all kinds of opinions and mixed thoughts that they want to share like, you can't tell people that or people don't want to hear that or don't upset them, they don't want to hear that or who do you think you are? sharing your story. People don't want to really hear those details about you. So many reasons why, but you know what? We don't listen to our saboteurs, right? We don't live our life letting them bully us and push us around. I know it's important and I'm glad I did it. And whatever this message was supposed to be for you is what it's supposed to be. And I just trust that process. So I know in the top of this episode, I said there's some of you that believe in goal setting and some of you that haven't drunk the Kool-Aid yet. And I hope now that we're at the end of the episode, you can actually really get your head around this and understand and see just why it's so important, not just for what you accomplish, but for who you become in the process of accomplishing it. I look forward to seeing you in the coming weeks for another great episode. We're going to be talking next time about how to create a designed alliance, which is one of my go-to tools for holding team off-sites. And since it's that time of the year, I know a lot of leaders are going to be doing off-sites and strategy sessions. So this is going to be a great opportunity for you to learn how to create intimacy and trust with your team. 
So in the meantime, be sure to share this episode with that person you know who really needs to hear it. Take time to share it on social media or head over to my website and grab a copy of the Goal Setting Program. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the newsletter so you get all the episodes of this podcast in advance right to your inbox. So thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate you joining me and talking about goal setting. And I hope you are as hyped as I am about goal setting and you are ready to dive in and do that goal setting program and really make this an incredible year for you. This is the year. This is the year to do things differently. And it's like that definition of insanity. If we keep doing the same things over and over again, we're going to get the same results. And I want you to have something different, something better, something bigger, something bolder, something more fulfilling, something more aligned. And I want you to remember something really, really, really important is that any fear or resistance that you hold inside of you is simply just your greatness in disguise.